0: I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Good evening. Welcome to you, nice to see you. My name's Rupert, and uh, I'm the vicar of this outfit. Let's pray that God would speak to us, shall we? Father God, thank you that you have good news for us. You care about us, and it's your plan and intention that we should live our lives close to you. We should enjoy your friendship. And I pray that tonight you'd open our eyes and teach us how to run a good race. And you come and equip us to do that. Thank you, Lord. Amen. As Sam just indicated, this is an unusual Sunday. This is what we call Commitment Sunday. And over the years, I've really come to see that having a marker in our diary where we can review our walk with God is really valuable it's a little bit like in in having a car MOT'd you know you have to take your car if it's over a certain age to a garage so they can tell you what's wrong with it uh, to stop you going off for rails and I have many many friends who actually their Christian life today is not as strong as it was a year ago and in, in fact, I, this has not been a great year amongst Rupert's Friendship Group. Uh, quite, there have been quite a few casualties when it comes to running a good race. Lots of them have derailed. And it's sort of charged me up as I've been thinking about what to s- talk about tonight or throughout the day. Because I've seen an urgency to this topic. We won't necessarily automatically run a good race. You won't automatically cruise through to the finish. This time next week, Sam here will be running, will have run the London Marathon. If he's still running it at this time of night, something's gone very wrong. But but he will, he will tell you that it, it's not getting to the starting line, which is impressive. There will be many, many, many people who will be at the starting line. It's actually finishing well, that is important. We often talk about, fairly often, the importance of of actually lining up in the race. There are plenty of people who who never occurs to them that trying to live a life that is pleasing to God is the best way to live your life. So we run things like the Alpha Course, which is to introduce people to a life which includes Jesus in it. But that's not my topic tonight, how to begin the race. It's how to run a good race throughout your life. Now, you know that on May the 6th, uh, just around the corner King Charles will be crowned king you may not know or you may not have spotted that in that very short reading that you had from 2 Timothy that there's another coronation that is mentioned here and it's actually Timothy talking about or sorry actually Paul writing to Timothy about how he's looking forward to being crowned himself by the Lord. Let me just read you this verse. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And you have to imagine that this is Paul in prison, And he knows that the end of his life is very near. He says that. He says, I'm being poured out like a drink offering and the time for my departure is near. And I think there is a kind of heroic quality to what he writes. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And I want us to be able to say that when we're near the end of our days. And I think it should be possible. And I want to try and help us to align our lives, to make that all the more possible. Now, if you take an overview of what Scripture says about this topic, it's quite a a difficult question to answer. Do you think you'll finish the race well or not? Is it a given that you will do so? And the reason it's difficult to answer that is because the Bible seems to suggest both yes and no. So I would naturally dive for the optimistic verses first, and I would remember verses like Paul writing to the Philippians, I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion. And that sort of tanks you up and think, great. But then I would need to remember to be faithful to Scripture that he also writes to the Corinthians, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. So complacency uh, shouldn't creep in But I want to start with the good news. It's always good to put the good news up front. And there is good news, and this is the good news you need to hear. You can do it. You definitely can finish well. And you should finish well. Now, I'm about to offend three different nationalities, in for a penny, in for a pound. I thought if you offend one, you could do two and then three. So the first group I might offend is Americans. Any Americans here? Yes, there is, I know. But uh, <laughs> Well, actually, something that I have really enjoyed whenever I've visited America, I know this is a massive generalization, but bear with me. I find them so enthusiastic and optimistic when you try something. The general prevailing mood is, you can do it. You can definitely do it. You should give it a whirl. Yeah, try it, definitely. That seems to come with a lot of territory what I've encountered when I've worked in America in England we take pride in exactly the opposite quite often when you float a new idea oh you'll never do that oh that, that won't add that won't up to a string of beans I uh, told you so now having offended two people I thought we may as well have a go at the French because that's always fun uh, and the French sit in the middle so it was said and the paris olympics many 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 years ago the most important thing in the olympic games isn't winning it's taking part the kind of happy medium well let me break it to you when it comes to running a christian race taking part is is not good enough it really does matter that you finish well and the good news is you can finish well here are some reasons to be confident here are some reasons which should absolutely give us the confidence that we can run a good race. Number one, and they all come from this letter to Timothy. Number one, Timothy has definitely decided for himself he is going to follow Jesus Christ. His faith is firm at the start. Now, there are some people that you meet and you may well at some time in your life have occupied this space yourself where you're really not quite sure if you want to follow Christ or not. And I want to just tell you up front, that is an unsatisfactory place to be in for very long. It'd be like turning up for the marathon next Sunday, not sure that you want to run or not even sure what the race is that you've entered for. You're not going to finish well in all probability if that is how you set off. But Timothy isn't in that place. Paul says of him that he knew, Paul knew that his mother was a devout follower of Christ and he Timothy is too and he rides in on the back of this with an interesting point he says and what's more Timothy we know why God chose you he didn't choose you for any quality that you've got he chose you because he chose you and that comes from chapter 1 verse 5 he has saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we've done but because of his own purpose and grace. And I love that. I love that because it makes us secure, doesn't it? It's not like you have an off day and off week an off month and off year and God goes off you because you're not the person he thought you were. He, he knows you through and through. He knows your good bits, your bad bits, your indifferent bits. That had nothing to do with his choice of you. He chose you because he loves you. I came across a rather sad little poem uh, some time ago about choice. When we pick teams in the playground, whatever the game might be, there's always someone left to last, and usually it's me. I stand there looking hopeful and tapping myself on the chest, but captains pick the others first, starting, of course, with the best. Maybe if teams were sometimes picked, starting with the worst, once in his life a child like me could end up being first. And the thing is that Paul actually writes of himself that he recognized that in many ways he was the worst. He'd spent so much of his life actually hunting down followers of Christ to kill them. But he says, nevertheless, God picked me. So God's choice is important. Knowing where you stand is important, but there's more to it than that. We've been given the help of the Holy Spirit to strengthen us. I see this in chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit God gave us doesn't make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self control. And this, this really encourages me because actually, modesty aside, Paul was a pretty impressive guy. He has to have been. You can tell from his writings that he's got a kind of mental apparatus that is the envy of so many. He also has tremendous stamina. He's a tactician. He plants churches all, all over the place. You know, he was an impressive guy. But notice this. Even with that array of gifts and more, he's first to say, you can't, Be effective for God in your own strength. You need the Holy Spirit's help. And what I also love about Paul when he's writing to Timothy is he doesn't in any way belittle Timothy because Timothy doesn't have the gifts that Paul has. He doesn't see that as uh, in any way a handicap. He just says, make sure that you call on the Holy Spirit for help because you're going to need it to run a good race. He's very specific about this. He says, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. We're moving on. Not just the Holy Spirit helps us, but the Holy Scriptures help us. And I'm sure this is very familiar to you. The wonderful verse telling us that all Scriptures God breathes are useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training so that a servant of God can be thoroughly equipped that's what we need truth from the scriptures and then and this is sometimes overlooked but not today it isn't we need help of one another we need the support of each other it's never going to be enough no matter how many sermons you listen to no matter how much you call on the Holy Spirit to help no matter how much of scripture that you read and imbibe we actually need one another That's how God has designed the race of our lives to be run. Well, my strong suspicion is that I've told you absolutely nothing new at all so far. But just because you've heard it before doesn't make it untrue. And frankly, it would make no difference if the Archbishop of Canterbury was sitting right there in the front row. I'd be looking him in the eyes and telling him he needs all these things or the Pope, or King Charles. It's the same the whole world over. We need these different things in our lives if we're going to run a good race. But here's what's so challenging about it. It's so easy to drift away from the very lifelines that God has given us. Drifting away is every bit as dangerous as somebody coming up, saying, pointing a gun in your face and saying, renounce Christ or I'll shoot. That's not going to happen to most of us. But what could so easily happen is you part company from the very things that would sustain you. And uh, when I just put it like that, you and I can see it. So you could part company with scripture so easily this week. You could just stop reading scripture in, on your own. Or you could start to live a lifestyle that you know isn't congruent with what scripture teaches. And a little voice will go on in your head and it'll be exactly the same voice as appeared in the Garden of Eden saying, did God really say you should not do this and you'll compromise? And at that moment, your, the strength of your walk with God will get a bit weaker. And when, when I was... Um, training to be a vicar. We had to go to chapel very early in in each day. And uh, I remember sitting next to somebody and as they opened their Bible, there was an inscription in the front of their Bible. And being a nosy chap that I was then, still am to some extent, I asked him at the end, what is that that's written on the front of your Bible? And he said, oh, my mother gave me this Bible. And she wrote the inscription. Here, you can read it, Rupert. And it, it said... This book will keep you away from sin. And sin will keep you away from this book. And it was true. The moment we stop reading the scriptures, we walk away from God. And we get more deaf to his voice. It's so easily done. We could part company with the Spirit so easily just by neglect. It's such a graphic picture that Paul should use to Timothy when he says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. And when he says, fan into flame the gift that God's given you through the laying on of hands. You know, all that's needed for a fire to go out is you just leave it. You, you, don't, you don't have to um, pour water on it, you just neglect it and it will go out. We don't want the fire of the Spirit to go out so we have to pray. Seek God and say, come Holy Spirit or parting company with God's people I mean COVID did this big time for us as a church it absolutely blitzed our ability to meet each other and help one another and support each other and to a great extent churches are in a recovery period after COVID which is one of the reasons that we're having commitment Sunday to put a stop to this kind of drift that could so easily happen as if everything I said was not sort of challenging enough, tucked into this letter are also two very meaty warnings, actually, where Paul says to Timothy, you know, Timothy, things are going to get worse rather than better. And it's very hard to quantify this, but there is a general feeling amongst many Christians today that it is getting progressively harder to be an out-and-out Christian in our country. And that shouldn't really surprise us. Let me read you what Paul says to Timothy. There'll be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not the lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, Rather than lovers of God. Well, thank goodness he was wrong about all that, wasn't he? Hardly, hardly. But he didn't stop there. It's not just behavior, he says, that was becoming vile, but biblical truth would be challenged and chucked out of the window. He said the time will come when people won't put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears long to hear. Well, at least that's not happening, is it? Of course it is. These are challenging times to run a good race. So what's to be done? Because I'm still convinced we can make it to the finishing line together well. Well, Very briefly, here are a number of ideas. The very first thing is, you have to make a personal decision. Did you notice the repetition of the phrase, I have? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You have to take personal responsibility for the life that you're living. No one else can do it for you. So you have to decide that you're going to run this race well, like Paul decides. And then secondly, realize this really is a team activity. There are some sports, and marathon running I think is probably one of them, where you can't turn to other people to help you over the line. If you do that, you get disqualified. But the Christian life is not like that helping one another to finish isn't cheating it's essential we will all have chapters of our lives when we need to turn to others to help us go forward in this race of life that is how God has designed life God willing over our lifetimes there will be sometimes when it seems like the sun is out the wind's behind and everything is going swimmingly but inevitably there will be hard chapters There. They're built into what God has planned for our lives. Paul doesn't hide that from Timothy, actually. He tells them that persecution will come with the territory. It will authenticate your walk with God. But you don't go through this alone. It's a team activity to run a good race. Now, some people have let it be known to me that usually, or or sometimes anyway, In the past, Commitment Sunday has been a time where um, maybe the vicar or another leader sort of generally browbeat the congregation as to the need to give a lot of money to St. Michael's. And I'm not pretending that it would be a bad thing if you decided to give a lot of money to St. Michael's. It'd be most welcome. But that isn't the purpose of this Commitment Sunday. Pledging finance is part of the deal because if you worship here and this is your spiritual home, why wouldn't you want to do that? But I would say, assuming that we as a congregation continue to be as generous as we have been, that isn't our major, major need. Our immediate need in the rebuild after COVID is, in fact, to find a place to serve, to find a place where we can connect with others and help them run a good race. It's been really good to see that Little by little, new people are choosing to make St. Michael's their spiritual home. But with that, has come the need for more people to welcome them, more people to run home groups, more people to get involved with the family's ministry and the children's work in the morning. So that's why the emphasis this particular year on Commitment Sunday is on team. And I, I put at the top of my letter uh, TEAM stands for Together Everyone Achieves More. And Jack, my esteemed colleague, said, Rupert, that's so cheesy that if you do use it, you better say, I know this is cheesy. So yes, Jack, in deference to you, it's definitely cheesy. But it's memorable. Together, everyone does achieve more. And I, I want to ask you, now, if, if you want to see, and I do want to see it, us at St. Michael's move up a next level, meaning really greeting people well, looking after the people God is bringing to us, we are going to have to do it by teamwork. And I want to encourage you to do it by teamwork. If you're serving God, it's very unlikely that you're going to fall away and drop out of this race. It's one way of making sure that you run a good race. Well, the the last thing that I glean from this letter or want to share tonight from it. It is an extraordinary thing that Paul would say to Timothy. Always takes me by surprise. He says, remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead. And why it takes me by surprise is if you'd met the risen Jesus, would you ever forget him? Well, evidently you could And it's only a week after Easter Day and you might just have forgotten that Jesus rose from the dead. And in your bleakest, blackest, darkest hours when the race seems really tough, remember Jesus Christ who rose from the dead and hope will return. Ultimately, it's God who's faithful. It's tragic that Paul should have written At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. But it's wonderful that he should write, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that You provide everything that we need to run a good race and finish well. Thank you for the chance, even tonight, just to assess how that race is going, what we're up to. And we pray, we pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us and help us as we resolve to follow you closely. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, can we, um, Andy, are we able to use the promises? Those of you who did receive a uh, a letter about Commitment Sunday will know that I was calling upon us to recommit our lives to following Christ. And I think one of the things that actually is really strengthening to do is for us as a community of worshippers here to declare together that this is something we will do together. So Andy's just going to find a slide which has got these commitments. It's up. There we go. Um, I'm going to say the bits in red. Actually, I'm also going to say the bits in black too. But uh, the bits in red are the questions from me and the bits in black are how you can respond if you want to. Can I ask you to stand? Let me pray first. Lord we thank you that you have said I will build my church and you have said you are the light of the world and we pray Lord that you would equip us that we might serve you with all our hearts and as you hear us say these promises please hear Lord that it's our intention to live to please you and to be obedient to you and to acknowledge this is your church not ours In Jesus' name, amen. So I ask you, will you worship Jesus with all your heart and obey and follow him? We will. Jesus is worthy of our worship and commands us to obey and follow him. Will you invite the Holy Spirit to lead you and fill you afresh? We will. Come, Holy Spirit, to equip us, strengthen us, and make us more Christ-like. Will you give your time and resources to enable the family of St. Michael's to grow? We will. We are the body of Christ, and committed to loving and serving one another. Amen. Amen.